0: It's time for the Smart Money Questions podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you're asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions podcast. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? It is the Smart Money Questions podcast. Hope you're doing great. I'm doing good. And I have some really good news to report based on what we initially were talking about last month, which is March Madness. So just to go ahead, because I don't think this has ever happened to me, I entered two different brackets. Uh, We had one uh, at the house with uh, Maggie and the kids, and then there was another one I was involved with, uh, more of an office pool. And I have to say, I was the winner by one point at our house, and I tied for first place in the office pool. So, uh, as again, that's I think that's the first time I've ever won. <laughs> the other thing that uh, I mentioned that we were having, the family was having a weight loss contest in the month of March. And while I did lose weight, I did not win. I didn't win. That title actually went to Ashley, who when, when she was weighing in and she realized how much she lost, she goes, I don't even know how that happened. <laughs> but uh, anyway, March Madness, if you didn't get a chance uh, to watch it, man, it was something this year. I think it was the first time that all Final Four teams were below the third seed. Uh, had I don't think that had ever happened uh, in the past. So a lot of great games, a lot of underdogs that uh, went really, really – Far it was, it was definitely exciting to see. And now we have the NBA playoffs, which, quite frankly, is about the only time I turn in to the NBA. And the Sixers are a three seed in the East. Hopefully, hopefully they go they go far this year. But um, listen, uh, as all of you know, I like to use this format as a way to talk about the different situations, questions, scenarios that happen in our office to hopefully help people realize that. Many times people will come in and they have one question, and they're thinking there's only going to be one answer. But in reality, most of the time is it's going to take more questions from me in speaking to the clients to be able to help guide them or at least advise them on things that they might not be thinking about. And today is a perfect situation with that. I got two situations that I want to review because uh, in and I, I get these questions a lot. And in one situation, it's the the person was overlooking some different assets that they had to be able to take care of the situation that they were that they were wanting guidance on. So before we get to that today, let's make sure we deal with the disclaimer. <laughs> Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, if you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmat.com. That's www.speakwithmat.com, and my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15- or 30-minute phone conversation, and quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea, does it make sense to have a second conversation. So again, very low-key, go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmat.com, www.speakwithmat.com. And schedule it there. So, all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. All right, let's jump right into this. So, uh, I was meeting with uh, somebody new, and we were going through the initial, you know, the initial appointment, so to speak, where we're kind of taking a snapshot of where everything is that the person has, all the different assets. Maybe if they have life insurance uh, when they're looking to retire, looking at Social Security, looking at some tax and estate planning. And one of the things I noticed. What they wanted to make sure that they covered in that first appointment was, I've got some outstanding debt I would really like to eliminate, uh, some credit card debt, some auto loans. Person had just recently changed jobs; there was going to be um, a little less income coming in now, and so they wanted to not have such a drag on cash flow with servicing this debt. So they, the question was, hey, listen. The largest asset that I can see that I have here is my 401k uh, from the old company that they had just retired from, and now they were working at a new place. Uh, The person is under the age of 60, and the question was, listen, I know I'm probably going to take a hit, but I think I want to yank money out of my 401k, pay the taxes, and pay down the debt. It's going to free up a, a certain amount of You know, cash flow obligation I have right now, it's really going to be helpful on a monthly basis with servicing the other debt that we have. And as we're looking at the whole picture, I said, well, first of all, let's address taking money out of the 401k, you're under the age of 59 and a half, as long as it comes out of the 401k, at least we know one thing is going to be there, which is we're not going to have to pay the 10% penalty, but we're still going to be responsible for the ordinary income taxes that are going to be due on whatever we're looking to take out. And it wasn't a small amount of money. We were talking about anywhere from forty dollars to $50,000 net that the person is going to need to extinguish all of that debt. Now, one thing to realize, as I was explaining to them, is if you move this money to an IRA, which normally I recommend that because when it goes to an IRA, you just get so many other investment options, distribution options. But in this case, if I move it to an IRA, there's the possibility I'm still going to, a very good possibility you're going to be stuck with that 10% penalty because you're under 59 and a half. So at least right now, as we're analyzing everything, you don't want to move that. Or at least we don't want to move what we're going to need. But the other thing we looked at is, hey, listen, you have the these other Investment options over here. You have some savings that's here, and you have a rental property with a long time tenant with absolutely that's that right now is completely positive cash flow, and there's no mortgage on it. So instead of let's just go yank money out of the 401k and take that tax hit, let's look at the opportunity this rental property can offer you. So we went through. Hey, let's talk about getting a home equity line of credit on the rental property. So just to go back over, a home equity line of credit works a lot like a credit card, meaning that you have a, a credit limit. In a credit card, it's unsecured loan. It's a floating interest rate, and it's based on average daily balance. You can you know, swipe your credit card. The balance goes up. You pay it down. It goes down. In a home equity line of credit, it's going to work exactly the same way. You have what's called a draw schedule, usually seven to 10 years. What does that mean? That means that's how when you can be active with that line of credit, pulling money out, putting money back against it, okay? In this situation though, it's a rental property versus the primary property. And when we looked at their taxes, first of all, they were getting no deductibility relief for their primary home's interest for two reasons. First of all, is because on All of their other Schedule A itemizations is they weren't clearing the current standard deduction. So they're not getting anything. Second of all is the rate because they refied during, you know, when rates bottomed out, the rate is 2.5%. So there's hardly any interest on that outstanding primary mortgage. But if we put that home equity line of credit against the rental property, now even with rates increasing... And with an investment or rental property, you're probably looking at about a half a point to a full point more than what the current home equity lines, uh, the rates are on a primary. So we have to look at that, which, you know, but now because it's a rental and I'm filling out a different schedule for that rental, you get to take full top of the line advantage of the interest charges that are there against that rental income that you are receiving. That's number 1. So we're going to we're going to automatically see some tax advantage. Second of all, it is currently rented with a long-time tenant. So now we can be pretty confident moving forward that it is going to be rented and we can use the rental income to pay down that line of credit, right? So the other thing that happens in that is I am taking that that debt and that service obligation off of my personal cash flow and I'm placing the liability against the rental that already has an income source and can help pay that down. So what we ended up essentially being able to see is I can, and this person is in Delaware, so we also have to deal with state tax on that 401k distribution, is that I'm probably gonna be saving 20 to 22% federally in doing it this way. And in the state of uh, Delaware, I would probably have to pay 5%. We're talking about 27% to yank out money out of the 401k to pay down the credit card. I think the highest interest rate on the credit card and or the loans was like 15.9, 16%. So think about it. If I'm just gonna yank it out of the 401k because I'm looking and that's the only asset that I think I have without looking at the other ones, the, the cost, the tax cost obligation is anywhere from 10 to 11 points higher than what I could accomplish by doing it this way. So again, the question, hey, listen, I want to extinguish this debt. I don't want to have to deal with it anymore. The cash flow obligation I know moving forward is going gonna, is gonna to hurt me because I'm not making as much money. We start asking additional questions and we look at the other assets. Hey, listen, how can we maximize this. You know, I've spoke with other clients that, uh, for instance, same situation, I want to pay down some debt. Uh, One client in particular had an old life insurance policy with a ton of cash value in it. Hey, listen, we can yank that money out. It'll be a loan against your death benefit. We can look to see, hey, do we ever have to pay that back or not? And when the money comes out of the life insurance to pay down the credit cards, it's a non-taxable situation. And depending on how that policy works is, is there a need for a repayment? The other thing we looked at is with the line of credit for this client was, do we actually have to put all of it on the line of credit? There was another small investment account that we could take advantage of pulling that money out right now. And with the market the way it is, they're going to be able to recognize a loss on that, which is going to also help them from a tax perspective. And we had some savings, so. When I was describing this to them and showing, hey, listen, this is how this would work. And I'm not going to say it's just going to be easy peasy. Obviously, there's going to be some administration that's going to be involved. But can you clearly see the massive benefit that now this rental property is going to offer you versus just yanking money out of the 401k? And so many times, again, one question, there isn't just one answer. We have to ask multiple questions. Question. By the way, that reminds me, <laughs> when I was reading, everyone's been talking about artificial intelligence, AI, chat, GPT, all that kind of stuff, and I thought it was interesting. Here it is, the name of the podcast is Smart Money Questions, and you guys, many of you have heard me say, a mentor told me this about 20 years ago, and that is, you get where you are in life based on the questions that you ask. The key is to ask the right questions, and today there was a, uh, an article in the Wall Street Journal that said, artificial intelligence it can give you answers. You just have to ask the right questions. <laughs> anyway, I digress. So in this situation, the idea, or we hear all the time, and it's an automatic, no, 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 no. Don't take a loan out on your 401k. Don't yank a bunch of money out of your IRA or your 401k to pay down debt. Why? Because the tax obligation is going to be too great. Let's look at everything. I mean, in some situations, that might that's the only place I can go. You know, many times people come in there, and the only money they have The investable and retirement assets are in the 401k or the IRA or 403b or what have you. But in this situation, when we can look at other assets and how to maximize them to accomplish the goal that the client has, that is where we have to ask more questions and make sure that we are looking at everything. It's just, it's so important. You know, the gurus all the time, you hear them, you know, don't, no, no, no. But, you know, they're not really saying, hey, listen, what about this? Do you have that? to look at maximizing for the client. So I wanted to share that with you because a lot of times when I'm speaking with uh, with clients, one of the things I'll always tell them, you know, if you the ideal retirement is the closer you get to retirement. I don't have a mortgage on the home. First thing I say, go get a line of credit against the home. I didn't say you had to use it. We just want to have it there because it can be a great resource, a great financial tool to use in the event that it's needed later on. So important to be able to look at everything. And a lot of times people hear a line of credit or they hear mortgage or what have you, and they think debt. And they're, I've talked about it before. There's good debt and there's bad debt. right? In this situation where you're going to be able to utilize real estate as an asset, which that's what it is, then it's debt can be a very good thing. Even in today's current interest rate, Environment, The line of credit, when you understand how it works, it's what's called an open-ended loan. It can really work to your advantage on how the interest rates are calculated, how payments are applied, uh, the ability to pull money out and not affect the tax ban, depending on where your money is. In this situation in particular, it can be very, very beneficial. Hey everyone, a little interruption, Matt Hausman here. If you would like to speak to me directly make sure that you know that you can go right to my online calendar speakwithmat.com, again www.speakwithmatt.com you can either schedule a conference call right there a zoom call or if you'd like to come into the office feel free to do that you can also reach us directly at 610-719-3003 all right everyone back to the show The other thing I want to talk about, because I hear this one all the time, um, and it doesn't matter if someone is four or five years away from retirement or they're four or five years into retirement, and that is the idea of possibly downsizing and or relocating. And there was a great article that was just in, uh, I think I saw it on Yahoo Finance, that was a study done by Vanguard talking about, and one of the stats I thought was interesting is 80%. Of Americans over the age of 60 are homeowners, which is awesome. That's great. And housing wealth accounts for on a median in this group of about 48%. So pre-2019, when people would look to relocate, downsize, sell their primary, go somewhere else, on average, the median take-home was about $100,000 2019. For the top 10% of homeowners in homeowner wealth after 2019 and since, it has now dramatically jumped up to almost 350000 at 347000 So it was talking about the idea of unloading and creating, gathering that wealth that that real estate has provided, and then going and relocating. But one of the keys when you first look at that title, the title of the article, oh my gosh, retirees can add at least $100,000 to their retirement savings by doing this, is you really have to read because one of the things I thought was interesting is it wasn't highlighted as much as I thought it should have been. And that was that you have to do your research on where you're going to go And because you need to go to a a housing market that isn't as hot possibly as yours is, for instance, here in the metro Philadelphia area, Delaware, Maryland, Jersey area, and even when you go south, so especially like the Florida market, is those rates are, you know, the the pricing is still high. So you have to do your research before you're going to list and buy or just go buy because you don't want to create a situation where maybe, and I, I had this happen a couple times during uh, during the pandemic, where somebody went ahead and listed their property. And of course, at that time, with interest rates where they were and the housing market going crazy, they got multiple offers and they took one of them and they didn't know where they were going to go next and what ended up happening. They were going to have to pay more to, quote, downsize than what they were selling their current property for. In both situations, luckily, they were able to get out of the deal, but you have to do the research on where you are going. Speaking to that, there was an article probably about three weeks ago, four weeks ago in the Wall Street Journal talking about the real estate market. This has never happened before, and that is east of the Mississippi, values on average have gone up. West of the Mississippi, they have gone down especially far out west, California, Arizona, Oregon, Washington. So if you're going to look at this, if you're going to consider it, you know, I was just on the phone. I guess uh, I, got a, I got a call late after, I mean, it was after we had already closed and I came in the next morning and, and called the client. Hey, listen, I'm getting ready to sign a contract like today. <laughs> and, and let's look at the different ways that we're going to you know, get this deal done because I'm signing a contract and I'm not, my house isn't up for sale yet. This came around real quick. And in their situation, luckily, they were going to be able to actually get something for less than what theirs was and be able to walk in. And they don't have a mortgage now, not have a mortgage then. But you really want to be aware on where am I going. The other thing the article talked about, and I wish they would have spent a little more time on this, is – it's not only about the housing market that you're wanting to make sure is lower than where you're at now. Otherwise, it's almost just like a wash. You're not really, quote, adding anything uh, or pulling any of the wealth out of your real estate, but you also have to look at the cost of living and where you are going. I'm just going to use an example here in metro Philadelphia, where we are in Delaware and Chester County area. If I'm going to go Back to where my family is down in Florida, you know, Sarasota, Bradenton. And of course, you have like Metro Tampa. I've been looking for three years. I, there's been no, no pricing adjustments. In other words, downward. If anything, they, have, they might have plateaued. Supply is limited down there. Kind of no different than here. So, again... Make sure that if you are considering that, the other thing that um, I just thought about this. the other thing about relocating, and I've had numerous clients that when they first became clients, let's say twelve years ago, fifteen years ago, yes, we're definitely going to be you know as soon as we as soon as we retire, probably within a year, we're looking to head south. And normally that's what it is. We're just going to head south somewhere, Carolinas, Georgia, Florida, what have you. And then they realize, as they get closer to that time and it's about ready to, you know, get real, holy cow, now I have to redo my entire contact list. All of, like, where, what am I going to do for healthcare providers? You know, maybe looking, uh, if, you know, looking at a new church or churches and a new friend base, like all of that. And many times, Those people have decided not to go. In fact, they haven't even, I can think of one client in particular, they haven't even left the house that they are still in that I think they've been in for like 25 or 30 years, right? So again, I I can't stress it enough. Make sure that before you just decide to sell, because again, market values are still really up. Before I just look to sell that you know where you are getting ready to go because you don't want to be stuck in where you have to get out, this is also real important. I'm just going to throw this out there real quick. Make sure that you are analyzing the contract, whether you are selling or buying, before you sign it. You understand contingencies, what are in there. That is so important. I could think of uh, one client that uh, didn't realize that they were getting ready to sign a, a purchase contract. They were under the impression and the full understanding was we're going to mortgage this. And the realtor was submitting it all cash, would have just blown up, right? So make sure you are reviewing that. I always recommend in some states, I I would think it's mandatory that you you really want to have a real estate attorney review that that contract prior to signing it. So listen, everyone, that's all I've got for today. I hope this has been valuable. Again, if you have questions or scenarios that you want us to address, reach out to us. Send us an email, info at smartmoneyquestions.com. Or if you'd rather speak to me personally, my uh, online calendar, speakwithmat.com, you can schedule a Zoom call, a conference call, or more than welcome to come in to our to our office. So again, hopefully this has been helpful and everyone will talk to you soon. Take care.